0: The Capital Weekly Podcast is a production of Open California and is sponsored by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations.
1: Welcome to Capital Weekly's regular podcast. I'm John Howard, and I'm joined by Tim Foster, my colleague. Hello. And our special guest today is Esther Aguilera of the Latino Corporate Directors Association, which is based in D.C., and we're delighted to have you Esther thank you very much.
2: Thank you John and Tim for having me happy to be here. Uh,
1: I guess the first question is sort of an obvious one why is there a need I guess or why is there a Latino corporate directors association and what is it you're advocating?
2: Thanks John well first John it's shocking Latinos are invisible on California company boards and that is also true nationwide so this association was formed to be part of the solution and a resource we uh, represent and bring together some of the most accomplished and respected leaders in business who are Latino um, to take away the excuse because we kept hearing that companies and search firms couldn't find Latino talent. And so we uh, we work proactively in increasing the supply, not only identifying sitting directors, but also board qualified executives who were grooming and positioning for the boardroom. So we focus on yeah. supply and also on, uh, again, working with search firms, private equity, directly with companies to tap this phenomenal talent.
1: In California, two, three years ago, Jerry Brown signed legislation and then Senator Hannah Beth Jackson authored it to require boards to add women to their boards. And to some extent, California's actually done that over the last couple of years. The boards have propelled by this legislation, I think. Um, your organization does not differentiate between men, women. It's not a gender-specific issue. It's a racial or ethnic-specific issue. It's a Latino-based issue. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Well, I mean, we're both. I, we uh, do care and, and track the gender representation and how yeah. Latinas are doing, but also our, our group includes both men and women.
1: Uh-huh. What? Um, why has there been resistance, do you think, over time to having uh, Latinos on the boards, raised to the board level, especially in publicly traded companies, which I think is what a lot of the emphasis out here is on in terms of equity. Is this a racial issue? Is it that and other are other things going on here what do you think the hesitancy has been the resistance has been to to having them on the boards
2: well john if i can start with just what the numbers are as as um you know i mentioned um that latinos are invisible on california company boards and uh, we got together with a broader coalition of uh, national and organizations and individuals and organizations in california to track the implementation of both SB 26, the gender bill and AB yeah. 979. And what we're doing is tracking on a quarterly basis, all of the appointments that are being made in California. And what is the demographics of board directors on, of California company boards? The bottom line is first your audience should know, and And if not, I mean it the the data Latinos are the largest uh, group in number of any other race or ethnic group in California. Latinos are 39.4% of California's population bigger than the Caucasian white population at 36.5%. And then, of course, you have the Asian Pacific Islander community at 15 uh, in California, the black population is about 66, sorry, 6.5%, et cetera. So the bottom line is that Latinos are the largest group with nearly 40%, yet they, uh, Latinos only hold 2.3% of the board seats in California. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so the That's California average. board yeah. members are largely white, 83% of all California board directors are white. And what this, why does it matter both from a a policy and also investor perspective is that boards are dangerously disconnected from their customer base and employee base, especially in a state like California.
0: That is a really stunning statistic that there's under 3% representation on boards and nearly 40% representation of the population at large. That's I mean, that's
2: almost like It's shocking. And that's one of, I mean, part of the issue has been that, you know, companies are not required to disclose. It's really hard to find this information. And actually we've teamed up both with Equilar and the Institutional Shareholder Services, ISS, to go company by company and look at who self-identifies. And so now we've got some data um, to go with, Uh, What's more, John and Tim, is in the last six months of 2020, there were a total of 607 appointments to California company boards, and of that that pie, 71% of those appointments were white, we had an uptick of Asian and black directors. Each had uh, 12% of those appointments. And of the new appointments, only 14 of them or 2.5 of the new appointments were Latino. So it's still um, trending very poorly. Uh, We also broke that number down and took a look at women. Among women, there were uh, of those, 607 about 40% were women or 240 of the 240 female appointments 71% again here were were female and it broke down pretty evenly with the other groups with only 2.5 or 8 latinas being appointed within those last Um, between July 1 and December 31, 2020. Again, shocking numbers. And I like your question, John, in terms of what is going on, why is there this reticence and um, what is it gonna take, right? Well, let me tell you what we've been doing. Besides doing the scorecard, we have sent letters to every California company that lacks Latinos and requested meetings with the company chair or nominating and governance committee chair. So we, we've been able to talk to now about 30 some California companies and their CEOs and chairs. Um, and it's been kind of an interesting um, experience. There's kind of a mixed bag here. You know, we ha- I had conversations with some companies whose about 60% of their customers are Latinos and over 60% are employees yet their board is all white. And when we asked them, hey, you have an opportunity with AB 979, you know they said, well, we asked internally for candidates and um, didn't come up with Latino candidates that made the final three. And I said, wow, well, you're missing out on a great opportunity because we sent them extremely qualified individuals that were not on the radar screen. I think once they see, they go outside of, who they know, and tap other resources like ours, they'll find ample talent. So I, I, I get the feeling that there's a sense that, well, the Latinos could be our employees and our customers, but they certainly don't qualify for the boardroom. That kind of sense seems to be a sentiment. And it's, it's really discouraging. And California, one of our most diverse states in the nation. It's it's shocking.
1: Is there any um, legislation out there, I thought I'd heard mention of that, is there any legislation out there that requires or sets uh, a minimum level of Latino, however described, however identified, for board membership as there was in the Jackson Bill for, for uh, female board membership? Is there anything any equivalent of that in, in, in California, at least, for Latino board membership?
2: Well, you know, there was a pioneering legislation that was signed last September, which was AB 979 introduced by Assembly Member Holden and co-authored also by Assemblywoman Christina Garcia. Uh-huh. In this bill, uh, requires that companies have underrepresented groups in on their boards, so that could be Latino, Black, Asian, LGBTQ, Native American. Uh-huh. It's not Latino specific. That's why we're tracking these numbers in terms of you know legislation that's been introduced in California and who's how is it being implemented? It's you know each company obviously. Makes their own decisions, so there isn't any legislation that is Latino specific. What we do, um, you advocate for, is that a board should really take a look at their employee and customer base and where they work, and the board should better reflect that. As what I mentioned, is, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, as I mentioned, you know, it's good. It's good for business. It's not just about the right thing to do. But McKinsey found that companies who have leadership teams that are diverse and have race-ethnicity represented, higher representation of race-ethnicity perform better than their counterparts by 33, 33%. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, a lot of these companies espouse and promote diversity policies. And what we're saying is diversity without Latinos is incomplete. You're talking about two in 10 Americans, 40% of Californians. We bring in 25% of the GDP to the US and our impact in the economy and GDP is growing 75% greater than non-Latinos. In other words, a company's crazy not to have one of the most important and growing demographics in the state and the country both represented from a business perspective, what they bring as business leaders and what they bring in terms of diverse thought. Uh,
0: Esther, you, you mentioned that this was uh, California, that, that Latinos make up about 20% of Californians. I mean, excuse me, 20% of Americans, but almost 40% of Californians. Do you have numbers for the rest of the country? And, and do you have any idea how California compares on this board issue to other states or, Is that something you're pursuing? Is that something you already have any information on?
2: We did issue a report last year. And in fact, later this month, we have um, an updated report that looks at the Fortune 1000. So it's not all public companies, the Fortune 1000. And we we sort it out by state and industry. Um, I will say based on the last report, California is far behind, especially as you compare it to the size of the population, the delta and the difference between the population size and board representation is the largest of any other state. Now, other states might have a slightly larger percentage, but their population is not as large.
1: Sometimes the categories, uh, the way we define, at least in California by the Department of Finance, and through census data out here, they, they're a bit different. California's, as I understand it, the numbers in California for Latinos are 32.9%. The numbers for Californians, uh, non, excuse me, the first number is non-white Hispanics. The second number, 36 and a half percent for those self-identified as white. But you had mentioned 40% for Latinos. What number? when we say Latinos there, what, who are we including in that group?
2: Well, the data we have is from the census.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And it is um, you know, individuals that reside in the state who yeah. have an origin from Latin America and um, you know, report on the census their identity. So the
1: this, idea- these are the latest numbers then. Uh, the, the, the census is a big deal out here, not only for this reason, but for redistricting and apportionment, and there's a whole political issue right here in California just on getting the numbers right. So, if you've got the latest numbers, that's great.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's just census numbers, and it's um, what we have found both in the census and the state.
1: I, I noticed on your website you had uh, a database. You built a database so someone can plug in the name of a company and find out whether they have Latino board membership. Is that, how's that working out and how long did it take you to build the data? This is nationally.
2: Um, So we, uh, we have two board trackers. One is the California board equity tracker that lists every public um, California company and identifies which companies have a Latino director and which don't. You can sort that list by industry, by company and by city. uh, So you can find that out and then nationally we have a Latino board tracker of the fortune 1000, 1000 largest companies nationwide and we have again based on our research and working with uh, again equilar and iss identified latinos on on those boards so you can can also search that tracker based on companies or it also lists companies that have more than one Latino on the board. So, um,
1: Esther, do you guys, do you folks uh, identify specific candidates, Latino candidates who in your judgment would be good for boards and sort of pitch them to boards? Is there an outreach component to what you do to to go out and, and propose people for boards?
2: Sure. Yes, John, thank you for the question. We do, as I mentioned, you know, we focus on, the talent pool, the supply, and uh, also we serve as a resource uh, and help identify candidates for search firms, companies, even private equity, private companies, and we proactively uh, will submit and send them, you know, 10, 15, 20 different people for them to choose from. Now, we are not a search firm, but we provide an ample pool and help work with companies to figure out who they want to interview for the board position. Um, the outreach component, as I mentioned, is we are we wrote to every California company and offered this service. Some of them took us up on our service and proactively are, are reaching out to us to ask for candidates. Um, most of our board search work is from search firms and and other companies that reach out to us, but we're also proactively reaching out to companies that we can see can benefit from having Latinos on the board.
1: How would you characterize the responses? Um, I I, I know everybody's polite, but sometimes within the language you can sort of, you divine signals and clues from the way people respond. Has it generally been positive? Is Is it more accurate to say it's neutral? Uh, how, how would you characterize? It?
2: As I mentioned, I, I would. It's a mixed bag. We have had great conversations, and as I mentioned, you know, with companies that have these diversity policies. Yeah. Which we feel strongly that diversity without Latinos is not complete, and some companies get it right away. Again, we're talking to the board uh-huh. chairs or the independent directors. And they're like, wow, that's a huge oversight on our part because 40% of our clients are Latino. Let's fix this together. Mm-hmm. In other cases, as I've mentioned to you, we have companies who have huge customers, customer base and a huge Latino employee base. And yet they're not jumping in with two feet. Instead, you know, we're asking people to make a simple commitment, and especially if you have a current search, and they don't give us a direct uh, response, which you know I think is a missed opportunity for them because it's it's only um, again good for business and good for corporate governance. Yeah, okay. the last piece I will say there is, um, you know, uh, large institutional investors and pension funds like Calpers, Calsters, and others have been advocating. For diversity, Uh, CalPERS sent letters to a lot of the companies they invest in to say, look, it's it's good for shareholder value and shareholder return to have boards that reflect your customer base. So it's important for investors and, and, and company performance. Now, why that matters to Californians, these are teachers and city workers and others, their pensions are being invested in these companies. And if these companies aren't performing to their optimum, it is a concern for the firefighters, the teachers and others. So this is not just about, you know, these rich investors that are doing this work. This is everyday people. And it does matter for business performance.
1: No Esther, I was just gonna ask my last question. What does this matter for California? but you already answered it. So, so I want to thank you very much for being on the podcast today, Tim Foster. Thank you very much. And this is John Howard with Capital Weekly, and we will catch you next time around. Thanks again, everybody.
0: The Capital Weekly podcast is produced by Tim Foster for Open California. If you enjoyed today's episode, we hope you'll go onto iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you next week. The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations.